So does anybody want to dress up in Joker makeup and, you know, jump into the recording session, go, hello, Antifa, <laughs> to, you know, emulate that one video? If I uh, if I had Joker that, that makeup, that just has such bad it. vibes. I I don't want to like manifest even another <laughs> like version of that into the world. Weird vibes like, are I just, bad. <laughs> I, I've tried to watch it like four times for for you know research, and uh, every time I just you you get that like pull on your stomach, <laughs> and you just feel the need to immediately close it, and that's what happened. I I watched it once, but I did have to w- watch it on mute. I couldn't bear to hear whatever was coming out of that man's mouth. Now he was doing a Joker voice. It was really funny. I'll link the video that we're talking it about ironically in, ruled. in the yeah. um on the page on the website for this week's yes. episode. But for you know, for anybody who hasn't seen it, it was literally this guy's named Ghazi, the leader of uh Black Hammer, which um we're gonna get into later in the episode, but they're uh a group of decolonial decolonial communists basically and they're fucking insane but yeah this guy just put out a video of him um yelling at like i think portland antifa wearing joker makeup with all of his uh comrades just standing in the back going land back in a really robotic voice it was very fun but i mean I think people get very caught up in labels for Black Hammer, like decolonial communists or like Maoist, uh, Marxist, Leninist. Let's call them what they are. They're theater kids. Like yes. I, I, I did theater in high school. I did theater in high school. I can sniff them out. And uh, that guy has uh, been in a light room for, for more than three or four hours at a time. Just like me, he, he played the lead of Urine Town. So he's going to. Oh, yes. Oh, my high school did that as well. The the phrase he's been in the light room, I know it's not, but it sounds like a like a euphemism, like you're calling him gay. Oh, d- is that guy, you know, has he been in the light room? I mean, it is a, a space of discovery for a lot of people. <laughs> it's true. Is this how we're opening the podcast this week? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Good morning. Sunday morning. All right. Well, welcome, everybody. Uh, Good morning, Sunday morning. Happy to have you. It's Tom here. As always, I got Alex. What's up? Lyle. Hey. And we have an anonymous caller uh, who would not like to be named uh, in light of us being a bunch of prolific dipshits. So which is fair. I wouldn't (laughs) want to be associated with us. So we will be referring to him as Anonymous Caller. What's happening? Hey, thanks for coming on. All right. Do we want to just get into it? Let's do it. Uh, Yeah, just real quick. I want to do just a little bit of housekeeping. We do still have the the website that I mentioned last episode. Got all of our good stuff on there. Transcripts from this episode is going to be going up there pretty soon. As quick as I can put it together anyways. So that should be good. Uh, thank you guys for everybody joining our discord. We've got a shit ton of people in there now. So come hang out with us. That's all I got, though. So do you guys want to jump into it and talk about these people? Yeah. Um, what do you mean? These people? <laughs> oh, yeah. Not off to a great start. Thanks. Alex. Yeah, shit. <laughs> I'm already canceled. Jesus Christ. Um, 
do we want to talk? Let's talk about the other stuff before Black Hammer. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Sure. I figured we'd let's start with the with the white boondocks lady. <laughs> that's it's a pretty solid one. <laughs> it's like oh. it's and this is OK. So for those of you who don't know, uh, there was a woman who tweeted about how as an exceedingly melanin deficient person, I don't really feel comfortable laughing at black characters on boondocks. And it's like. What? Hmm. It's like we have it's it's the continual bit that people do about like woking ourselves back into like segregation uh, <laughs> or like woking ourselves into like doing race science. That's like literally what this is. She's like, oh, well, I can't laugh at that. Like because like they're black characters and they're making these jokes and it's racist. And it's like. No, the point of it is is parody like it's not like like you are making this way weirder than it should be. It's kind of like they released a bunch of handshake emojis. And now, uh, like one of the new updates, they're literally going to be like 30 different handshake emojis with all of the different skin tones, shaking all of the different skin tones, hand colors. And it's like that feels way weirder if somebody like has to like go through and spends a couple minutes like finding your exact skin tone. <laughs> having to reference photographic evidence. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's way weirder than just like using a handshake emoji. Yeah. I, I can't wait to get my skin color verified so that I can use brown people emojis. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to pass an exam. Yeah. I got to swab in my, uh, my melanin so that I can have, uh, the mochaccino kind of color. It always cracked me up like posts like that because I get it. If you are like an exceedingly white and this, I think per, I think this person was in like their thirties. So I'm imagining like a, just like a millennial white woman. Boondocks is black centric humor. Like it is made, you know, for a black audience, I believe. Yeah. So if you're like super fucking white and have like some like innate, you know, racist tendencies, you're probably going to feel weird about humor that is not directed explicitly towards you. But you got you got to fucking get over that because n not everything is going to be directed specifically towards you. You should yeah. you still need to be able to engage with content that is made for an audience that is not you. You know, we had Niles on on episode eight and he talked about how he wants to make uh, black shows and black comedy you know, about his experience and for people like him. And that doesn't mean that only black people get to listen to his comedy. It just means that it is not directed specifically at white people. And that's OK. Yeah. And also, it's one yeah. thing to, like, see comedy and and not get it because you don't have the, uh, the, like the background to understand what the what the joke is about. You don't have the melanin. Exactly. But it, it almost sounds like from that post, like. She's watching Boondocks. She gets it. She thinks it's funny. But out of wokeness, she's just like stomaching the laughter, like pushing it way down so she doesn't come off as racist. <laughs> she's trying to be anti-racist so badly that she went around the other side and became racist again. Yeah. Like I said, she's she's like she's impressive. <laughs> she's she's about to like do like woke phrenology. <laughs> Yeah, and and maybe because I'm I think I'm a few years older than everyone here. I remember when Boondocks came out and there were some of these same arguments and it really does you know kind of feel like we're rehashing so much of the same stuff 
and we we always are we're we're gonna be talking about the same fucking race shit for <laughs> the next 80 years yeah <laughs> I, I mean i remember last year they they removed you know like in the kind of pr ass covering every um every you know kind of big media property was doing like they removed several episodes of boondocks and i forget who said it but someone commented this is the plot of a boondocks episode <laughs> yeah you know what's God. it's a, what's it's Tom a Dubois wife's name like that's something she would post also incredibly funny because regina king is like you know a huge celebrity now you know she was the voice of of riley and huey and uh, mm-hmm. she's she is i don't think by any like intentional measure like one of these you know kind of blue check icons because you know she's a, a prominent director of color who is you know making pretty good movies and you know it's kind of funny to see the same people poo-poo her for something she did like 10 years ago yeah no, I, don't I don't know, know. i i haven't seen boondocks so it's hard for me to contribute to the discussion too much but yeah especially yeah. Are, are people like actually going after the director then no like okay well that's good no, it's literally just this one fucking lady being like, I don't know if I can laugh at the jokes. Nice. Fucking weirdo. Yeah. yeah. And like all the stuff that like happened with like Dave Chappelle with like the original, you know, like when he was wondering whether people were laughing with him or laughing at him. Yep. So like on yeah. a certain level, I understand where they're coming from, but like you got to have some perspective. Like this is you watching a show. It's not. You're not making it. Yeah. You're not involved mm-hmm. with like the production of it. Like one person's decision to watch a TV show shouldn't really have any uh, political balance. And I think that segues into what we're going to be talking about with uh, the new city on the hill in, <laughs> in beautiful Colorado. <laughs> because there is kind of the same root issue at play in both of these things. Damn just oh shit sorry said your name god damn it all right so we're just gonna cut right, that now i gotta bit. pull out the bleep <laughs> sample again i would love that I'm, I'm a bleepable person you can pretend my name's a slur <laughs> tom doesn't need to pretend to say slurs you just came on here and said something more meaningful than anything any of us have ever said in any of our previous episodes oh absolutely <laughs> So. Well, I I didn't like finish. Uh, you know what? Let's let's. Huh. I want to talk about these guys. They're they're fun. Okay, yeah. I think my gun rat bit was more meaningful. Um, Alex, if you bring that up one more up. time, I'm gonna fucking Eduardo Savern you off this fucking podcast. <laughs> there was up next. There is a post that we saw earlier this week, and it was, uh, it was somebody who was talking about uh how relevant the skills of gardening and uh owning slash being able to use a gun are to a uh, anybody on the left somebody quote tweeted it and was basically like sorry my version of the revolution doesn't uh doesn't include gardens or some shit like that i can't remember the exact wording but they were basically poo-pooing the idea of needing uh weapons and the ability to feed yourself in a you know post-empire society which is incredible because like that that goes into kind of like the first thing I wanted to talk about specifically regarding this post, which is like food sovereignty and the importance of that. And 
the fact that in order to be able to build up any sort of revolution that is going to be taken seriously or that is going to be able to be self-sustaining and successful in any sort of meaningful capacity, you have to have things like food sovereignty and you have to have things like gun ownership and food sovereignty being the ability to be self-sustaining in yes. terms of the food that you produce and, and collect. Yes. So this term was actually coined uh, in 1996. There's this movement uh, called La Via Campesina. I totally butchered that. I'm sorry. I'm white. Um, but basically they presented this idea, uh, in 1996 and it was the, they just, they define it as the right of peoples to eat healthy and culturally appropriate food produced through ecologically sound and sustainable methods and their right to define their own food and agriculture systems. So it's like, yes, it is being able to grow, uh, food for yourself to be able to sustain yourself sustain yourself jesus christ but it is also about working to create something that is sustainable long term uh not just for people but also like in tandem with like the earth and nature and all of that shit so that's how it's it's different from just like subsistence farming i will say you know not to beat my own drum but i think this does play into the same dynamic because what we're talking about in this, you know, discourse is removed from its context. Like, like, are you going to be doing this as part of a group? Are you going to be doing it as an individual? Like on both sides of the debate, like you can say like, you know, labor organizing versus, uh, you know, gardening and gun ownership as if it's like a dichotomy. But the real issue is what is going to get people organized together? What is going to you know, kind of rebuild a social fabric that has been, you know, rent asunder by by a variety of different forces, namely, you know, capitalism. And so I get why people are skeptical of the gardening and the gun ownership, because if you just do it by yourself, it's a hobby. It's not a political action, but we need to broaden our possibilities. And the idea that these things can't be in tandem with each other, that one does not build upon the other and the other does not build upon the first is I think why so many of these conversations end up being very circular because our priors are different. And because the idea of doing politics by yourself is like self-defeating or like in a small group, as we're going to talk about. I want to know what these people, you know, the, the detractors of the gardening and of the gun ownership, I want to know what they think like an actual revolutionary or post-revolutionary society looks like like do they think it's a fucking dsa meeting you know like, like you said it is not a dichotomy it's not you know gun ownership and gardening is in contrast to organizing you know you can read you can read theory on your own do absolutely nothing to organize you know you should be organizing and you should be doing all these things but you can just read theory and be better uh, equipped to handle yourself in a society like that, and it will be of benefit. These things are not in contrast to each other. They are parts of a whole. 
I don't understand the conversation in general, frankly. Like, I don't understand why... I don't understand why people on Twitter are arguing the most efficient way to prepare for a post-revolutionary world when the left has not organized in such a way to get us even close to a revolution. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't, it's, it feels very LARPy to me. Yeah. People talk about how the feds are, are trying to sow division within the leftist community. Um, and that is the most insane shit that I've ever heard in my life because the online left has absolutely no trouble doing that all by themselves with no outside help. It is absolutely yeah. incredible. It's a bunch of fucking piranhas feeding on each other. I mean, I see a bunch of posts talking about how like the they pride our, we pride ourselves on our ability to organize and our uh, political efficacy and I, I I from my perspective at least I don't fucking see any of it. Like the one thing holding us back from any of it is stupid conversations like this. Who gives a shit if gardening or owning guns is going to be successful in a in a post revolutionary world? Like you're thinking eight steps ahead, and nothing's getting done about the actual issues going on right now. You are, but gardening right now, gardening can help establish community gardens to provide the community with food. Like there is a tangible benefit that can come from gardening that is, uh, you know, in an organizing kind of way. There's a tangible benefit to your life that can come from reading theory. Oh, yeah. There's a tangible benefit to your life that can come from gun ownership. And I think people do tend to think, you know, this is going to be relevant for the revolution rather than this is going to help me, you know, feed my neighbors. Yeah. But, you know. Along the way, I don't really have a problem with people thinking 12 steps ahead because to get to travel those 12 steps, they will still provide tangible benefit, if that makes any sense. Mm. I kind of I kind of do have a problem with it. Yeah, because like we're going to talk about later, and I'm sorry for keeping on saying this, <laughs> but I think trying to fit everything into these historical molds of, you know, things that happened in the past, you know, like. I'm sure like a lot of these ideas for like community gardening and stuff come from like, you know, the camp, like campesino traditions like the Zapatistas or the ejidos in like early 20th century Mexico, where you have like, mm -hmm. you know, kind of a tradition of of communal land ownership and, and small holding and stuff like that. But that's I, I mean, at least like and I say this as someone who's done a lot of community gardening. I, I'm a big gardener. I lived in. Uh, Sacramento, which is a big garden city, you know, it's it's good. But I mean, we're not really building upon an existing tradition like the way like a Zapatista was in, in Chiapas. You know, it's it seems like like quixotic in a way to um, to try to like fit a square peg into a into a round hole here. You know, I think we have to look at the you know kind of suburban post-industrial country we have and plan accordingly and and that's another point you know it, it's kind of a point that i wanted to make which is like all of these people are you know i see people who were mad as hell about the same woman uh actually sorry they're non-binary the same person uh who posted the original guns and gardening tweet uh they were out giving out food to people in the community, just giving it away for free. 
and people were like trying to dunk on them and they were like mad at them and they were making fun of them and oh this isn't real socialism this isn't activism and it's people who would rather see people do nothing than not do it their way like they would rather have somebody not organize and it's it goes back mm -hmm. to the point of like it's just not realistic that's just not how the world works you know it's even in you know working on on campaigns for progressives it's like i would rather i would rather organize with a, a liberal who is trying to do good and who is is you know organizing because they understand that it's the best thing to do than some like self-righteous self-professed communist who's who's going to sit there and judge everybody because of how they want to go about their organizing yeah exactly some of like, these some of these people are shooting for a you know a socialist presidential candidate or, or whatever before they're aiming for community service which like you want to talk about unrealistic jesus fucking yeah. christ yeah they're going <laughs> big scale over small scale which I, I get what you guys are saying now the aiming I was thinking that in aiming high, you would traverse the smaller things. You know, you would do community service in uh, to reach, you know, a socialist presidential candidate or whatever. But that may have been sort of a flawed way to view it. I get what you guys are saying. No, I see what you're saying. Like when it comes to the gardening thing, for example, if your goal is just to say, hey, I want to get some fresh tomatoes that I can give to my neighbors and, and maybe they can grow carrots and we can just have this community garden thing and it's going to help us right now. And you know what? If revolution does come, these are skills that are going to be useful. If it's like a side note like that, 100% go for it. But the goal mm -hmm. should be to bring your neighbors and your community together right now and see a current benefit right now to, yeah. to say, I am doing this specifically so that when we take down the bourgeoisie, we can have our garden and sustain our communist utopia. That, that feels LARPy. It feels like its priorities are all out of whack. It just feels weird to me. It, it, it feels to it, me like it really sounds like someone who hasn't gardened. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, it feels to me like the online left cares a lot more about spending its time hypothesizing these puritanical organization methods rather than getting out and organizing in a way that would be beneficial, even if it's imperfect. Yes. Like, it's very weird to me. Yeah, it's it's yeah. It's but very... at the same time. Oh, sorry. No, go no, go, you're all good. I was just going to say it's fucking weird. Yeah, But at the same time, I do see a lot of like really good intention stuff regarding mutual aid and, you know, getting out in the community and, and providing services to people um, not really being done in like a thorough or systematic way. And I think that means you end up doing the same thing r over and over again, rather than, you know, having um you know not necessarily professionals but people who have that skill set to kind of manage mm -hmm. stuff yes and mm -hmm. and i think what is important about you know kind of the local stuff more than like building the the basis of of some socialist society is this is a an incredibly atomized society it's incredibly individualistic, not by choice, really, but by the forces of the economy and, and various, um, you know, kind of tensions that are put on every person's back. But getting out and like talking to people like it, it does sound like some Joe Biden thing, like, 
oh, you just need to get out and talk to people. But listen, Jack. <laughs> yeah, but like that, that's how like like how do you convince someone to like like the Bernie Sanders line was that I really liked was, are you going to fight for someone you don't know? But it, it does help to know people. It's it's easier to imagine giving your neighbor something than than giving your like someone across town something. And I think that does lead to some bad stuff. But, you know, like kind of insular communes and stuff like that. But people need to like flex their political muscles. Absolutely. All right. Thanks for listening so far, guys. Uh, as always, remember to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that's Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever. Uh, make sure to follow us on all of our socials as well. That's at Sunday underscore pod on Twitter. Patreon.com slash Sunday morning pod if you want to give us some sweet, sweet cash. And then if you want to follow us on YouTube, Twitch, join our Discord any of that cool stuff that is all available on our website at sundaymorningpod.com. Uh, if you guys don't mind, uh, we really appreciate reviews on both iTunes and Podchaser. You can find links to those on the site as well. Um, and as always, we appreciate it when you guys tell other people about the pod, spread the word. Uh, that's about all I've got. We're really excited to talk about Black Hammer City. Um, and just how fucking crazy these people are. So we're going to let you guys hear from Anchor, and then we're going to get back into it. All right. All right, so tell me what the fuck this is. All right, I got this. Unless you want it, Tom. Black Hammer, oh boy. Oh boy, where do we even start? Okay, so we should... I will say before we start, it sounds like a comic book villain. Okay. Like it's... (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, yes, we should but preface before, this. Yeah, I was just about um, to say we would like to officially go on record with, with some stuff. Yeah, so Black Hammer City uh, is it's Black Hammer uh, International is sort of a, you know, communist uh, decolonial organization. They've been around for, I think, a few years. Um, no, not a few years. They started in during the George Floyd protests, I think. But anyways, they they've been doing some weird shit. They're, they're pretty quote unquote radical uh, and what most people would consider radical, but they uh, decided they wanted to establish a city for colonized people. And they're calling it black hammer city It's supposed to be in Florida, but they weren't able to get land in Florida. So it is now in Colorado and let us be clear. It is, it's a good idea on paper. You know, individual communities free from colonialism. That's a good concept. You know, community gardening, good concept. You know, collective leadership of a community. It's a good concept. Uh, No money, good concept. All of the stuff they're doing and all of the things they're doing are good conceptually. It is the specific way they do these things that fucks it up. You know, we're not ragging on people who are trying to escape the influence of colonialism. We are ragging on these specific dipshits. We are ragging on the 200 kids who majored in musical theater who are going to try and go plant a farm 10,000 feet up in the mountains in a bunch of dirt, cactus, and rocks. 
Yes. Famously fertile land. (laughs) Uh, I will link this tweet as well on the website, but we found out about this on May 3rd. They said, thanks to all of you, Black Hammer has successfully liberated 200 acres of land to build our city for colonized people only. We are located high up in the mountains, 10,000 feet in the air with rich soil. We have one lake and three rivers on the land. And it's the funniest fucking thing in the world because they said rich soil and then they attach four photos of the most arid fucking ground I've (laughs) ever seen. It is bone dry, rock hard, full of just boulders and scrub. It's the worst fucking land I've seen in my life. And they're like, yeah, this is rich soil. As somebody who like grew up on a farm with soil that already wasn't like super great, like it's dog shit. It's terrible. Nothing will ever grow up there. It looks so rocky. Like, I don't know how you'd even dig for it, let alone plant anything. Yeah. And then somebody tried to tell him, hey, man, I'm a soil scientist. That doesn't look good to me. You should probably talk to the local university and get it checked out. And they said, well, uh, as long as we care for the land, the land will care for us. Well, and also what I thought was very strange is that in not very strange because it's a grift, um, but the GoFundMe, one of the expenses that they talked about was getting the soil surveyed specifically for the land before they purchased it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so like, presumably so. they know their dirt is awful. Yeah. Also, there's the fact that there was an internal document from them uh, with the title. Uh, it's 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 just a shared Google Doc, by the way, uh, titled Untitled Document. And then across the top, uh, it is Operation Storm of White Tears. And OK, no, <laughs> we need to we need to we need to talk about that a bit later. OK, fine. But I get to talk about it. I can't oh, wait ab- to talk absolutely. about it. But that is a whole that deserves its whole fucking thing. We can't tack that onto the talk about the city itself. That needs a whole <laughs> It's a separate segment. It's it, fucking it, it's crazy. It's good to know that this organization is operating at about the same level that our podcast is. <laughs> yeah, so they also, these guys also can't grow fucking food of their own. I'm, uh, I was on their website and they did an interview with uh, one of their members named Chief Ina. They said, hey, here's some of our community gardens. Um, We've got herbalists. We have anti-colonial healthcare systems based off of these plants we're planting. And I'm like, oh, sick. That's really cool, actually. They're going to be sort of, you know, using, uh, you know, anti-colonial knowledge. They post a picture of it. This is a fucking two foot by six foot stretch of dirt backed up against a concrete wall. So it's all in shade. They're <laughs> using fucking like it's not even topsoil. They're just using like old dirt and they packed like 15 fucking plants into this little teeny tiny space. And they said, yeah, this is our community garden. The next picture is some potatoes that they grew in their community garden. These potatoes are the fucking tiniest, ugliest little things. This person is holding three of them in their hand. You know, they can't be more than two inches long and an inch wide. <laughs> not a not a big feat either. Matt Damon showed me that you can grow potatoes on Mars. So exactly. <laughs> and the potatoes that he grew on Mars were actually bigger than the potatoes they grew in the mountains. So they can't even grow shit 
at normal elevation in like what should supposedly be good growing conditions. Is this all? Are we just going to dunk on them for being bad gardeners? Is that the bit? No, I mean, pretty yeah, much. Yeah. Um, so the thing I really want to get into, this is what caught <laughs> my attention, which is this is probably if you have seen them, this is most likely what you know them for. They called Anne Frank a and I, this is a direct quote, colonizer bitch, end quote. And they have doubled, tripled and quadrupled down on this take over and over again. Why Anne Frank? What did she okay. do to them? So let's get into that because there's a little <laughs> article on their website that says, let's be Frank, which just first of all, makes me think of the fucking Kevin Spacey video. Um, <laughs> a work of art. Yeah. And then it says, is black is black hammer anti-Semitic similar mental back. <laughs> <laughs> says is black hammer anti-Semitic. Hell no. To say that European Jews are representative of all Jews is white nationalism at its most sinister. There are Ugandan Jews, Ethiopian Jews, Arab and Indian Jews, all of whom are being attacked, abused, and oppressed by white Jews. Our criticisms have always been against white Jews who have just as much blood on their hands as any colonizer. Oh yeah, they used a fucking cartwheel emoji. Like in the article. Yeah, they call they said that Anne Frank was a bitch and they would drag any uh colonizer and their pet and then use the cartwheel emoji. <laughs> and when I sent the screenshot to all of my friends, uh they thought that I had edited the cartwheel emoji in there. They were like, That's not real. <laughs> is like, there some significance to that or is it, it just is. weird as hell? It's just yeah, it's weird just as hell. I, I assume that's the instrument by which they would uh, drag her. <laughs> this organization is calling a child who was was systematically murdered in, in a genocide a colonizer bitch. And it's like, I'm sorry, if that's not a red flag to you, you're you need to be on some sort of watch list. I think I'm, I'm not going to say I have a different take because I fundamentally agree with you. But have you ever seen the episode of The Simpsons where they have where Nelson has the nuke the whales poster and Lisa asks him, you don't actually believe that, do you? And he kind of slumps his head and he says, no, that's what this is. It's like when I say like Black Hammer is like the left wing version of the alt right. I don't mean like they're the moral equivalent or they're the structural equivalent in like society. What I mean is they function off the same dynamic. They they're kind of like outrage mongers in a certain way. And I don't necessarily know if they're doing that intentionally. They are. But that's what but, Operation um, Storm of White Tears is. Yeah. Yeah. They want attention. Yeah. They're they're the same as like any liberal who like posts about like red state uh, genocide or like any alt writer who talks about like Mishima and stuff like that. You know, you know, that's a really good point there. I mean, they're those exact people. They just know how to speak our language. Mm -hmm. But but do they? They on some level they do. I th I think they really just know how to co-opt the language. I don't yeah. think that they believe it or have any intent on communicating it. They just found a community that has different language than the alt right and is using it to basically the same end. Yeah, but at the same time, I I need to ask like is just throwing out buzzwords is that like really that's not co-opting that's just like yeah I'd... acknowledging that you know what it is it's what a baby does when they see like their dad going to work 
uh, like they're they're imitating something without knowing, you know, any of what it signifies or what it means. It's just I I would not necessarily say that because they they like actually do community organization um, to some extent. And I'm pretty sure they actually do believe these things that they're espousing. Oh, I'm sure they do. They you know, they're not like maliciously co-opting language they are using it because they genuinely believe that yes you know it's kind of a a mirror image to like i don't know someone like the proud boys where they're they're acting the part of like a fascist paramilitary they're even doing some of the things that a fascist paramilitary is doing but it's kind of a way for them to tie themselves to an older more established political tradition like black hammer is doing with like you know actual revolutionaries of the past it's putting on a costume of something without any of the structure or any of the background or any of the same social context and it's it's trying to like meme it into existence almost like it's that's fair you know performative so like yeah what does it mean to like decolonize like a piece of land that is like haunted by the ghosts of like murdered coal miners. Like, <laughs> not much. Uh, they, oh, what does it mean to defend? Yeah. Here's the funny thing. They are actually on tribal land. The land that they bought to no. build their city. It's fucking no. tribal land. Oh, oh, you gotta love it. And oh, um, they, they, they put together a committee. Um, they put together a committee to deal with that. So everything's fine and we don't need to worry about it. Oh, for sure, man. But it's kind of like the, the, the corollary is like when you see all these, like, you know, like internet, uh, alt-right or like Nazi people or whatever talking about like defending Western civilization. And they're like, Mm -hmm. you know, going to like some like Ben Shapiro talk or like Milo Yiannopoulos or whatever. Like you don't actually know what that means. You're just, saying it because you heard someone else say it and and you kind of get the rough contours of what's going on but i don't know these things have like some underlying meaning and just trying to recreate it by by saying the words and doing some of the things is not gonna amount to anything the uh the 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 language they stole that that really actually upset me was uh, when the leader put on the Joker makeup, because to me that has a very strong symbolic meaning. And I think that, that they're weaponizing that in a way that I don't agree with. Wait, Lyle. So are you saying that because you are the Joker, they're yes. sort of co-opting your people's? Yeah, okay. I, th- I thought as the Joker baby that I had kind <laughs> of established a, a nearly a theology, like a, a real strong ideology. And I don't appreciate that they took my IP and, and used it for, for this weird. I, I, I keep coming back to LARPy like that's at the end of the day. All this feels like is and there's people a, just there's, <laughs> there's another reason why it felt LARPy. Sorry, Lyle. I just totally jumped in on you. It's fine. My jokes aren't funny. that same that same video that you're talking about where their leader put on the joker makeup he says land back and his followers repeat that to him but they don't say it with any conviction it doesn't sound like they're saying it because they believe in it it sounds like they're saying it because they are being told to say it and that goes with what amir's saying it doesn't sound like these people are taking the phrase land back and using it in a 
you know, method of understanding and coming from a place of, you know, having a true concept of what that is, you know, and I, uh, I went to the University of Oklahoma for college and that is on native land and we have a lot of Native American students there and they said land back with full knowledge of what that truly meant, you know, and they they understood that this is their land or the land of people in a similar situation to them. And so they would say land back with full understanding. I don't think if your fucking sovereign city is built on tribal land, I don't think you understand what land back means. Truly, yeah. I think, you know, being online does incentivize like a certain amount of sloganeering. Mm -hmm. But if there's nothing else there, that's all you're left with. And like not, you know, if you just have this language, like there's a real like low ceiling on what you're going to convince people of. Because if Mm -hmm. you just say land back to someone who has no idea what it means. Yeah. I mean, I don't need to say anything else. Um. Tom, this is kind of a diversion from what we were just talking about. But Tom, do you want to talk about the uh, the tears, uh, the reparations oh, tears? Oh, oh I've, man, I've been it's, wanting to bring this up. It's so good. Okay, so white tears, white tears. That that's basically what it is. So they uh, went full Catholic Church in the 1600s and reinvented indulgences. And basically, they made it so that it is okay to be white, um, but you have reparation tiers. And the first one is Shea level reparations. It's $40. You go to one day of boot camp. Um, they have like a boot camp. It's, it's eight weeks long total, um, which given the, the pricing tiers, it's uh, kind of a ripoff. If you only go one day for 40 bucks, fuck out of here. <laughs> eight weeks well we'll get to that um and so that's pretty much it that's all you get with the 40 bucks then with uh the next tier you go to sankara level reparations and that is a minimum of 99 dollars. however if you contribute an extra 25 percent reparations then you actually get a limited time black hammer merch uh, they don't oh, specify cool. what, yes, but if you would like to increase your reparations, you will get some merch for it. Um, <laughs> and you go to, I think, two weeks of the boot camp? Four weeks. Four weeks, okay. Um, and then the third tier is $199 minimum, but of course you can add more always. Um, that's Mao level. That's Mao level of reparations. You go to the full eight week boot camp and you become a certified decolonizer. Um, also, on top of all of these things, uh, as a white person, you pledge as part of your reparations to provide uh, free labor uh, for the commune. OK, I take okay. it back. They're not LARPers. This just sounds like a cult. <laughs> it's literally a cult. I don't know if they have the sauce to be a cult. I don't either. Like you said, they don't have the Jim Jones drip. <laughs> I don't no, know. They've they got a, a very charismatic leader. I saw the makeup. So <laughs> the page opens with it says, "Are you white? Do you want to help? Do you want to be a good person on the right side of history? The only way you can wash the blood off your hands is through following the leadership of African, indigenous, and colonized people and paying reparations for all that's been stolen in your name." Which again, we yeah, like I uh, like 
the official podcast stance is reparations are good and and we oh, should yeah. totally implement them and and that's something we should do however a subscription tier uh for reparations <laughs> uh yeah. is not Probably not yeah. the way to go about it. <laughs> you can't do Patreon tiers for fucking, <laughs> yeah. you know, paying back for decolonization. For yeah. Colonial horrors. Yeah. Yeah. I hate when I'm on the phone with my reparations rep and he keeps trying to upsell me to different reparations tiers. It's like, I just want the basic service so I can watch the NFL. Like, I don't need. Um, six weeks of bootcamp also like how does the scaling work like you pay forty dollars you get one day you pay two hundred dollars you get four weeks like <laughs> that's true that, that i'm sorry level tier is really not a good value proposition no, it's it's the worst these guys could use a mckinsey consultant to kind of you know <laughs> to streamline um, the process smooth all this stuff out <laughs> you know you get what you pay for i remember we were talking about this we were talking about this off air a couple of days ago and somebody said just picture picture the human being, picture the man or woman or non-binary person who's coming in and saying, you know, this the Sankara tier looks really good. <laughs> but what if I do the Sankara plus tier and get that sweet merch? <laughs> who is that upselling? Who is the yeah. person who goes, oh, I really want to do Sankara? Sankara plus. You know who it is? It's the exact same demographic of people who signed up for those like $5,000 dinners to learn how to not be racist. They had like all of those liberal white women signing up. I mean, literally paying thousands of dollars to go to uh, a dinner with women of color who told them about how they were racist and why it's the same demographic. that can't laugh at the boondocks. <laughs> oh, also, if you do the Mao level, you get a reparation core uniform uh, once you uh, graduate from the boot camp. Oh, hell yes. Well, now I'm going to do like it. seems like their overhead is too high. Yeah, yeah I haven't been able to find a picture <laughs> like a of a reparations like core uniform, though. I was going to say that I know it's a weird thing to focus on, but the whole time you were telling me about these tiers, my whole thought process was this sounds like it's too expensive to pay off. Like you were presumably feeding and housing someone for eight weeks. They get merch. Now they get a full jumpsuit. 800 bucks. Like that's less than rent for a month. That's no, 200 bucks. Also, Che Sankara Mao, is that like their that's not their racial ranking level. Is it like Argentinian, African, Chinese? <laughs> yeah. Are they like, establishing like a Chinese hegemony at the top? <laughs> Gazi isn't actually so. in command. She she only puts his money on winners. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for listening to episode twelve. Uh, as always, I would like to thank our Patreon subs real quick. I'm just going to run through those. We've got Hannah and Jacob and Doink and Pallavi. Joseph, Hillary, Anisha, and Stacia. Thank you to all of you. Your continued support is the only thing that's keeping us from starving to death. Um, <laughs> yeah. In Hammer City. Yeah, we're going to build our own Hammer City and we need money for that. So uh, subscribe to the Patreon. Fund our uh, commune. Uh, like I mentioned earlier in the episode, please go ahead and follow us on all of our socials. That is Sunday underscore pod on Twitter. 
patreon.com slash Sunday morning pod. If you want to fund our city that we're building, uh, discord, YouTube, Twitch, all that good stuff linked on the website, sundaymorningpod.com. And if you don't mind, go ahead and review us on iTunes and Podchaser. Both of those review links are posted on the website. Uh, and then go ahead and let people know about the pod. We always appreciate having more people hear about it. Uh, that's all I've got. So good morning, Sunday morning, everybody. We will see you next week. Good morning, Sunday morning.